On today's episode, I spoke with Caleb Avery about B2B marketing, personal branding, and helping customers market to their customers. Caleb is the CEO of Tilled and has been building a personal brand for years, so he's uniquely qualified to talk to us about the value of that effort in his own marketing for his company. Let's dive right into the episode. Let's start on the LinkedIn front. As somebody who has been writing on LinkedIn, creating content there for a while now, what, in your opinion, makes LinkedIn a compelling channel to actually be a creator on? So I think, you know, first and foremost, that's where, you know, our buyers hang out. And so it's, it's obviously important to put out content, you know, where, where your partners and the, and the customers that you're targeting, you know, hang out. But I, I think for, for me, you know, one of the things that, that we've discovered over the last couple of years of putting out content on LinkedIn is that there's really this opportunity to connect on a personal level with our customers and with our buyers. And I do that through my personal brand. And so, you know, yes, we're building up a company following. Yes, we have a page for, for Till. Uh, but surprisingly, the bulk of our leads that we get from social and from LinkedIn actually come from my personal LinkedIn, from, you know, the posts, the blogs, the ebooks, the podcasts, you know, that I'm putting out as, as an individual. And when you look at LinkedIn as a platform, I think the statistics are something like less than 1% of users on LinkedIn actually post uh, content. And so you as an individual have this incredible opportunity uh, to, to build your personal brand that, you know, one is, is tremendously helpful for the current company. <laughs> you know, that you're at, but it also builds this, you know, incredible value, you know, over your career, if you're willing to, to put in the time and energy to, to build that out. So on, on that front, when you talk about building a personal brand, as well as a company brand, what does that balance look like for what you're doing at Tilled, but also with yourself? Because I know most people will say it's easier to create a personal brand than a company mm -hmm. page, for example, but you're, you're doing both. How do you think about the balance of what goes on a company page or what goes through your personal brand? Certainly. So, you know, we started, I think it was about three years ago, really heavily investing into, into LinkedIn as a channel. We really started with my personal brand. So the, the company brand was really on the back burner in the early days. And some of that was just based on the actual resources that we had, you know, at the time where I was doing, you know, most of the, the content creation, working with uh, a ghostwriter to come up with some of the, the initial content, but we didn't have an entire team of people thinking about, you know, the content strategy and writing content and coming up with posts. And so really focused the limited, you know, time, energy, resources that we had on my personal uh, brand. And so initially, you know, it was it was really this combination of kind of personal content. So post about my kids, post about me on the, the golf course, things that I do in my, you know, day to day life, coupled with, you know, business posts about, you know, the, the progress at Tilled, our, our fundraising, our customers, traction. Uh, just sharing the the entrepreneurial you know journey and and now as the company has matured and we have the ability to have you know more uh, you know marketing uh, you know dollars uh, and, and more you know team members it's a bit more balanced where you know we're posting a couple of times a week on my LinkedIn a couple of times a week you know on Tilled LinkedIn and and really it's it's finding this balance of that strategy where the the Tilled LinkedIn is is obviously much more focused on you know Tilled. The, the business and my content is is more skewing, you know, towards kind of my my personal uh, brand at this point. I'd, I'd love to walk through really quickly the logistics behind your mm -hmm. strategy. So how much time you're spending every week or every day on LinkedIn uh, creating, how much time you're spending engaging with other people, how often you're looking to do that. What, what have you found is the right mix logistically for all of this content creation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think for, for me, when we started out, it looked a little bit different than, than necessarily what the time commitment looks like today. When I started out, 
I had no idea how to write content. I wasn't comfortable on the platform. And I started out with like, what's the lowest time commitment that I can get away with and still have an impact, you know, on the, on the platform. And so where I started, uh, was hiring a ghostwriter and we did a 30 minute interview every week. Uh, and then she would put together a blog that we would turn into three or four posts. And so I do this 30 minute interview and then it'd probably take me, you know, 30, 45 minutes to edit the content that she put together, get that posted out you know, online, use something like Hootsuite to pre-schedule, you know, posts. And then really where I started to see the value was engaging with the community, engaging with the people, you know, that, that were interacting with me. And that's actually where I think the bulk of the time, you know, ends up being taken up, uh, you know, nowadays where, okay, you put out a post and you got 40 comments. Well, that actually takes a lot of time, you know, to engage with those folks and go through, you know, LinkedIn DMs where we get, you know, all sorts of great traffic you know, for the the business. And so at this point, I mean, it's hours every single week, you know, that go into uh, that process. Yeah, I'd love to talk more about the engagement side of this as well, often overlooked as a way to not only, you know, build goodwill, but also to actually grow. How do you think about your engagement strategy? Who are you trying to reach out to? Um, how did you decide on, you know, what what that all should look like? Yeah, absolutely. And so for us, you know, we're targeting a couple different, uh, you know, target audiences. And so I think it starts with defining who are the people that you actually want, you know, to connect with uh, online. And so for us, it's targeting uh, the decision makers at ISVs and vertical software companies, which are our target, you know, customers at Tilled. We also leverage a referral channel. And so those are things like agents, ISOs, payments consultants, people from the traditional payments uh, you know, community. And so that actually ends up being where a lot of my my network and a lot of uh, the engagement com- comes from or folks that have been through the, the same type of journey, you know, that I've been on in, in my career, starting as, you know, an ISO going out, uh, you know, door to door. And so I connect and relate, you know, with a lot of those folks, uh, but also, you know, investors uh, as well. And so we've got all sorts of different strategies that, that we employ on a weekly basis where, you know, HubSpot lead form, uh, you know, comes into the business. Okay, great. Let's go connect with five or 10 people at that target, uh, you know, company. Okay, we're, you know, interacting with this investor. Let's go, you know, add, you know, three, four, five people, uh, you know, from their team. And so to, to me, it starts with that defining of, you know, the ICP and the target, you know, customers, and then developing these repeatable strategies where, okay, when this event or this action happens, or I have a meeting on my calendar, let's make sure that we're automatically adding, you know, these folks that are all relevant you know, to till them. And I think would appreciate, you know, my content or the till, you know, company content. Zooming out of this a little bit, um, I'm sure that you probably started more with goals that you wanted to hit first, and then you figured out, all right, what's all the stuff that we need to do. So for other people, other busy founders or other people that are kind of listening to this thinking, I should probably do the same thing that they're doing and build a personal brand for my company. What are the metrics that you started out really optimizing everything around to try to hit? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question. I think for for me, when we first started, I think I'd be lying to sit there and say I had these fantastic targets and and goals, you know, lined up. When we first started, it was really this dual strategy where we had an outbound strategy lined up, and then I was starting to to post on LinkedIn, and we were seeing like ten x uh, lead flow uh, coming from from LinkedIn relative to. Um, you know, our traditional outbound strategy. But one of the mistakes uh, that we made was not recognizing that the quality of that inbound organic lead flow is not always going to be as uh, high quality as some of the lead flow that you'll get if you're doing more of a targeted outbound strategy. And so for us, I think initially we had 
something like an 85% MQL to deal conversion uh, ratio, which sounds great on paper, except that we're putting all this kind of garbage, you know, through to our operations uh, team. And so for us, one of our key decisions, uh, which may sound counterintuitive, was actually cutting that uh, conversion ratio in half. And so, you know, we went from an 85% MQL to deal conversion ratio down about a 40%, uh, you know, MQL to, to deal, uh, you know, conversion ratio for us. But the great thing was we were able to spend more time thinking about attracting the right types of customers top of funnel. And we actually saw relatively consistent deal flow through that period where we were cutting that, that conversion ratio in half. Are there any other ways outside of LinkedIn that you're also kind of trying to build your personal brand, whether newsletter, or other social channels? Uh, we have a Twitter, not not particularly, uh, you know, active. Uh, we have an Instagram, not not nearly as active. LinkedIn really, for me, has been the the channel that I've gone uh, all in on, and I think some of it goes back to the earlier conversation about how much time you know I end up spending on LinkedIn, and you know if I'm spending whatever four hours a week. Uh, on LinkedIn, I also have a lot of other duties, you know, running tilt. And so I can't afford to go spend four hours on Twitter and four hours on, you know, Instagram or TikTok or whatever it was. So I actually made a pretty conscious decision where that's the only app that I have, you know, from a social media perspective on my phone. That's the only app, uh, you know, that I engage with, um, you know, personally and it allows me to really focus in on on LinkedIn, uh, which is where we're seeing, you know, the bulk of the results for tilt. So looking back at everything you've created so far, all the results that have come in because of that, how would, how would you say, what are, what are some of the examples, I guess, of the value that has come through all the grind of writing the content, engaging with yeah. people over the years? Like what, what are the what examples of things that have actually come through the pipeline for you? Yeah, I think for me, you know, certainly it's exciting to see, you know, customers coming through and, hey, I got a LinkedIn DM and there's, there's this great lead, you know, for a customer. But to me, one of the things that I've been surprised about and I, I think you know really proud of is is how it's not just the customer lead flow that we're getting from LinkedIn. Okay, we've got a really important position that we want to hire for in the business. Well, you know, we advertised, you know, this position and uh, this open job rack on on my LinkedIn. We had 500 applicants in the first 48 hours, you know, for this key role. And and those are the the types of um, you know, benefits that are that are really hard to quantify you know, when you have this incredible time to fill on your open positions, you've got investors coming inbound to you. We've got referral partners coming inbound. We've got strategic partners, uh, you know, coming inbound. And so for me, it's it's really looking at kind of the culmination of all of the exciting opportunities that we have, you know, going on at Tilt and recognizing how many of those incredible opportunities actually started with someone interacting with my content on LinkedIn or sending me a LinkedIn, um, you know, DM. And so it's really the, that holistic uh, you know, picture more than just kind of one individual accomplishment that really gets me excited. Are, are there any like things that you you were doing early on in this process of building your personal brand where you would actually, if if you look back, you would say, oh, don't do that. I, I wish I hadn't have done that. Any regrets or any anything you've learned that's not best practice that you were doing? Um, anything that I would do differently. I think for for me, when I look back at you know what we were doing. In the early days, I waited a really long time to start sharing more personal content. I was really focused on putting out, you know, industry blogs and commenting on something that Visa is doing or MasterCard or PayPal, you know, is doing in the in the industry because I had, I think, this this misconception that if I was, you know, opening up and sharing, you know, personal content 
on the platform that it wouldn't be well received, uh, you know, by folks uh, in my audience. And once we started sharing, you know, uh, me golfing or on a boat or, you know, with my kids or whatever, uh, you know, it was, I, I think we started to see, you know, a, a pretty dramatic increase in the engagement um, and interest, you know, from people on the platform because they got the opportunity to know the real me, not just Caleb, the CEO, you know, at Tilled, which is obviously occupying a lot of my time, but there's, you know, another Caleb that exists, you know, outside of the podcast studio, you know, here in the office. Uh, and so I think that's, that's definitely been, you know, one of the things that I wasn't doing early on that we changed uh, kind of midway through and, and really, you know, I've seen, uh, you know, much, much better uh, results in engagement sense. Yeah, I think one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is is thinking through, okay, I can write this post or I can do that. I can engage with these different people, but what what's supposed to happen after that? You know, what what does the funnel look like from somebody going from reading my post to achieving or accomplishing the action that I'm hoping for? Could you walk me through how you thought through after somebody reads a post, what you're hoping that the user or the reader will do? Yeah, certainly. So for us, you know, I think it goes back to to thinking through the the different types of uh, you know ICPs that that we're targeting with the business. And so some of the content that we're putting out is focused on investors. Some is focused on referral partners. Some is focused on you know clients uh, directly. And so when you think about you know a referral partner coming through, it's a very different action that we're looking to to get them to take. And so being really intentional about okay. I'm putting out a podcast that's focused on, you know, ISOs and agents in the payment space. Okay, great. Well, here's, you know, partners at tilled.com email address, which is the right action for them to take, you know, coming into the business versus, you know, a uh, post that's more focused on, you know, ISVs and software companies. It's a different call to action, you know, for them where we're actually looking to go through a qualification process with them. And we want them to fill out a form on the website so that we can evaluate whether they're you know, the right partner for Tilled and then get them on, you know, a call with, um, you know, our our sales team. And so I think given the way that we have gone about our strategy of, you know, targeting multiple different personas, we've really tried to be intentional about creating different journeys for each of those different personas to make sure that they're coming into the right point at Tilled. We're tracking that data, you know, accurately, which I think was a really difficult thing for us to you know, figure out the the lead attribution when, you know, someone's commenting or LinkedIn, you know, DMing me is a little bit harder than if they're filling out the form directly, you know, on the the website. And so there was a lot of thought needing to to be placed in the early days into how we set up the right tracking to make sure that we're attributing these fantastic results, you know, to to the right effort and energy that that we're putting in. I want to shift gears just a little bit to to something that you've brought up before, which is this idea of B to B to B, um, which I, I'd, I'd love for you to just kind of explain that a little bit more in depth. What is B to B to B? Adding the extra two B, what does that look like at your company? What is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think it's it's definitely been one of the bigger lessons that we've learned over the course of of this year. Where uh, you know at at Tilled we we do Payback as a service uh, for those of you uh, looking at home checking out the the neon sign, but we're targeting ISVs and vertical software businesses. So let's think about like a golf course management platform. Well, that golf course management platform has to go sell a golf course. And so in order for Tilled to realize value and our partner to realize value for embedding Tilled into their platform, they actually have to go close another sale. And you know, one of the mistakes that we made early on uh, was focusing too much energy on the B2B part of that B2B2B 
uh, sale. And so we were largely leaving our partners uh, kind of on their own to, to go figure out how to go close, you know, that next deal. And one of the things that, that we've learned, you know, over the years, you know, now having worked with 100 plus, you know, software uh, companies is that for a lot of these vertical software businesses, they are not experts on selling payments to their merchants, uh, which in hindsight sounds pretty obvious. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, one of those those conclusions that we came to uh, initially. And so, you know, over the course of the last, you know, nine, 12 months, we really leaned in to to help our customers. So the, the B2B sale selling our customer, uh, helping them learn how to sell an embedded payment solution to their merchants. And so, you know, we're leaning in, working with them on pricing strategy, email campaigns, ad copy, in-app messaging uh, programs, landing pages, all of the things that they need uh, to learn how to be more effective in that in sale. Because for us, you know, our, our revenue is, is typically an attach rate, uh, you know, model. So we're getting a take rate on every dollar that's processed, you know, through our system. And so for us, there's certainly some value in closing that initial <laughs> you know, B2B sale, but the bulk of our value and the bulk of the value for our clients is realized through that final kind of B2B to B, uh, you know, sales motion. And so, you know, over the last couple of months, as we've started to optimize, you know, that part of our business, we've started to see, you know, much different results for us, much different results, you know, for our clients. And I think, you know, our, our clients overall, you know, that have been leaning in with us on, on this new process are much happier, you know, with the re results, uh, you know, that they're seeing. So for, for any B2B company that's out there listening to this, how would they be able to discern if they should kind of be looking at doing the same thing? Is this widely applicable or do you think this is unique to your business? Um, I mean, it, it's definitely not unique to just uh, Till, but it's certainly something that you need to, to take a look you know, at your business and figure out, is this really the, the core problem that's preventing me from realizing the revenue and driving the growth rates you know, that, that I was expecting? you know, in the business. And for us, you know, as we started to, to dig in and, and ask questions and look at the data, uh, you know, in, in our business, it just became very obvious that this was the, the missing cog, you know, in the, in the wheel, uh, you know, for us. And so I think for, for other entrepreneurs that are trying to, to diagnose, like, hey, why isn't my business, you know, growing as, as quickly as they are, if you start to realize that you are involved in a B2B2B uh, you know, sales motion, and you're not proactively and positively influencing every aspect, you know, of that customer journey, um, you're, you're really rolling the dice, you know, on, on your business. And there, there's a tremendous opportunity to kind of take matters into your own hands uh, and, and proactively and positively influence, you know, that entire journey. Last question here, and then we'll, we'll wrap things up. I'm, I'm sure over the course of time, you have built up kind of a, a tech stack, a tool belt of things that you rely on really heavily and you've tried out even more that haven't worked out. Mm -hmm. um, what, what are the marketing tools specifically that are in your tool belt that you don't feel like you could live without if they went away? Yeah, certainly. So from a, a content perspective, you know, we, we've leveraged Hootsuite, uh, which has been, you know, fantastic for us to, to just work through content and, and pre-schedule content out. HubSpot is a huge part uh, you know, of our, our marketing stack, really the, the, the backbone from a data, uh, perspective of, of everything, uh, that we do. And I'd be lying if there wasn't a little bit of, uh, you know, chat GPT that we're occasionally, uh, you know, leveraging to, to really put the, the proper spin, uh, you know, on some of the content, uh, that we're pulling together. 